is Pitcast. Co-host is Justin Blackett and you're listening to Pipcast, a podcast for ODPs and the theatre world. Very warm welcome to all of our new listeners that are listening into the show today. Um, if you would like to hear any of our back catalogue, please head to pipcast.co.uk uh, where we have got now one and a half seasons essentially worth of episodes as well as our Piplet series that we did in the summer. Uh, feel free to check out our website there or any podcasting platform. We're now on Spotify, uh, iTunes, any good podcasting platform will have Pipcast on it. Um, and if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for coming back. Uh, today's episode is a bit shorter than the ones we've had recently. Um, but no, uh, does not lack in importance and significance for us as ODPs. Uh, today we've got the statement from Tracy Williams, who's our new president of the uh, AFPP, um, and she's here to chat about um, the uh, patient group directives and the initiative that's going forward to help ODPs with um, gaining status of uh, of being able to um, uh, use patient group directives to administer drugs. Um, so absolutely fantastic to listen to that um justin as you can probably tell isn't here today um the christmas period has been a bit of a busy one with um justin and family and uh work that he's had to do myself having a brand new child uh who's now two months old doing very well thank you very much for everyone who's who's sent well wishes um but just because of that um timings haven't worked out so uh, essentially, uh, we've had a bit of a, 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 a slow start to the new year, I'd say. Um, but we endeavour to always get out our episodes to you, the Pipcast listener, um, so that no matter what happens, uh, you get some content every couple of weeks uh, for Pipcast. This is Pipcast. So I guess I should start off by saying Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, I hope yours was good if you were working in theatres. I hope you weren't too busy. Um, no fireworks and everything like that can be quite a busy time. Uh, if you're working in obstetrics, everyone's fighting to get the first baby of the new year. Um, so I hope it wasn't too busy for you guys. You got to enjoy it if you were on shift. Also, thank you to everyone who was working uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, um, dealing with... Uh, you know potential injuries that could have been avoided and things like that um and people who are genuinely just taking um missing parties and friends and family uh, over the holidays in general to work uh, to provide a service to the nhs we are very grateful um and thank you very much for that um in terms of news uh we got a couple of items that are really interesting firstly a big um uh Props, I think, to uh, NUH Theatres who posted today on Twitter, which would have been yesterday on Twitter, um, that they're getting all of their staff through British Sign Language, which is a fantastic achievement and a really, a really nice uh, patient-centred quality improvement that also develops staff. Um, I thought that was a fantastic um, way to essentially kill a lot of birds with, with with one stone in terms of recruitment uh helping retain staff uh helping develop staff and also benefiting patient care um so if you are a theater manager um and you're looking for something you know 
relatively innovative. You know, sending your uh, prospective, your, your staff members uh, on a British Sign Language course is a fantastic use of your resources and money, fantastic use of your educational budget if you have one, or a way to apply for funds from any charity you might have in order to develop your staff further. Really, really good. Really, really impressed by them. Um, but the biggest news in terms of education as well is that we now have an ODP school in Scotland. Uh, we were told that ODP had been saved in Scotland by the CODP. We were just waiting for the details and those details have emerged that the University of the West of Scotland in Paisley will be taking over the ODP course. As far as I'm aware, uh, the um, University of the West of Scotland currently houses uh, the uh, midwifery and nursing program so they should have uh, a relatively good baseline um, in terms of uh, simulation suites and things like that um, with which to to carry over uh, an ODP course and continue an ODP course it's fantastic news for uh, Scotland uh, tons of theatres there particularly in Glasgow they've got brand new uh, hospital um, Fantastic that we're going to still be developing ODPs in Scotland. Uh, would love to get a, an ODP school in Northern Ireland, um, but that's one for the future. Uh, but really, really good to hear. So if you are uh, someone in Scotland who's listening to us, um, who's thinking about becoming an ODP, who's maybe a HCA or uh, an interested student who's looking to do ODP, and maybe doesn't want to be in England, maybe you don't, you know, by all means come to come to Cardiff, come to Wales, um, to our course. But but but. But if you want to go to Scotland, um, it's a beautiful country, beautiful country to study in. Um, absolutely head to the University of West of Scotland. There have been no finite details about when the course is going to start. Obviously, it's going to take time to uh, develop and validate that course with the university, the HCPC and the CODP and everything like that. Um, but if they can get it out by the 2020 um program that would be fantastic um, no details yet on their website from what i saw last uh week uh and nothing certainly seems to be updated today but really good news about that um fantastic for them for taking it up and odp lives and will be strong in scotland now there has been a lot of chat particularly on uh, twitter recently about the issue around prescribing and PGDs and everything like that uh, for ODPs going forward. Um, there's been a big Twitter chat and the debates have got very, very heated. Um, the next interview we're going to show is uh, Justin did with Tracy Williams, who's our brand new AFPP president, who is a dual trained ODP and nurse. Um, and she's given her statement as she's in the working group on PGDs uh, for ODP. Um, so, this is a statement from Tracy, um, and I'll do a bit of discussion afterwards, uh, but I hope you enjoy the listen. We will have Tracy back on the show to talk about her presidency going forward, um, but as for now, here's Tracy talking about uh, PGDs. Okay, so next on the show, we have Tracy Williams. Tracy Williams is the vice president of AFPP, soon to be the incoming president of AFPP in January. Uh, and of course, you know, within Pipcast, we dub her as the ultimate president because we have mentioned prior to this that she does hold both 
registrations with the NMC and the HCPC. So an ODP and nurse in the president role with an AFPP, which is truly fantastic. However, we've brought Tracy on the show because she's got a bit of an update on the ongoing PGD saga with ODPs. Uh, so Tracy, hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Justin. Uh, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Um, it's great to have you here, and we look forward to having another interview in the future when you go into your new presidency uh, of AFPP. But, Tracy, this is just a quick chat and a bit of a catch-up with regard to the work that you and the team have been, well, quite timelessly working together to get our PGD status within the ODP world. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Justine, um, to talk about this um, really important um, event. Um, for ODPs who aren't aware, PGD, Patient Group Directives, are basically written instructions for the supply and or administration of named medicines in an identified clinical situation. Um, it's quite a mouthful, that. But yeah. basically, it applies to groups of patients who may not have been individually identified before presenting for treatment. So they need a drug that's not been prescribed as a patient-specific directive. Um, and there are certain groups of medications available out there to give as patient group directives. Um, and until recently, only nurses have had um, access to this within theatre environments. Okay. Um, ODPs haven't been able to access because of legislation. Um, so what's necessary is a change in the law to enable our group, ODPs, to be able to access this um, really important um, prerogative for prescribing, uh, not prescribing, for administering of drugs. Yeah, I think it has a big impact. I mean, I, I think I'm probably confident to say that if if the process is followed and there is a law change, the ability of ODPs to be able to give uh, and, and follow PGDs is, is up there. It's the most significant thing that kind of in parallel works the same as our registration with HCPC, being able to follow PGDs will revolutionally change the way that ODPs can work. And I know that you've had some case studies of people that have shared their stories with you where their practice has been limited by the very fact that they were unable to follow PGDs. Absolutely. And this all came about as um, a scoping project that was done back in 2015-16. Um, NHS England were looking not just at ODPs but a group of um, allied health professionals as was then ODPs weren't allied health professionals then okay. um, but they were looking at um, a range of um, scenarios where medications weren't immediately available because of restrictions so we're part of a bigger program there are about eight disciplines and they're looking at various elements within each discipline so for example paramedics were looking at prescribing okay. um, but determined at the time the one that would be beneficial for patients being looked after by ODPs was patient group directors. So that was where it really came from. So a working party was set up of which AFPP were part of um, to look at how we can sort of progress um, the law, change the law. Um, and I'm not so sure if you're aware, but changing law is it's not an easy thing. No, I can appreciate that. It, it sounds like a nightmare. I've, I've never even thought about how on earth do you change law. And it, I can imagine a lot of work had to be put in to ensure that the processes were in place. Absolutely. And we're only part way there. There's still a lot to do. So this has been going on now since we got involved in July 2017. Okay. Um, we're still only at the very early stages. So first of all, what we had to do, um, we had to sort of think about um, 
is there a case of need? Do we actually need this change in the law? Okay. So we had to gather scenarios put together um, to, to demonstrate we had a case of need. And if, initially, they asked us for five examples. And again, you might think, really easy. There's loads of examples out there. But actually getting usable examples was really difficult. Okay. Um, I put out a call on social media and on our website and a few people did respond and they have been absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to name them at this point because I haven't got the permission, but they have been very, very um, helpful in putting these scenarios together. But again, they've been very specific. Um, So... ODPs working in endoscopy have been brilliant. They've come up with some really good scenarios. But they're a niche market. Okay. Trying to get ODPs who work in the typical theatre environment hasn't been as easy. Um, And some of the drugs that we wanted to use as um, scenarios, we weren't able to use because they were available over the counter. So paracetamol, typical example in recovery, is a typical example of a patient group directive that nurses use. But when I suggested it, for ODPs, yeah. the team said, no, we can't use that because you can get it over the counter, which was really frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine. Goodness me. Cause, yeah. yeah, because I can imagine when you when you use the word need, I can imagine many recovery-based ODPs around the country and our listeners will probably be saying, yes, there is a need. I find it difficult every day. So you had to find very specific examples, which hopefully was achievable. Yeah, we got some together. So there were ophthalmic drops um, were uh, a typical example where ODPs need to use them for local anaesthesia or for dilation and they couldn't use them. Flu vaccine was another one that colleagues are giving to each other. Nurses could do it, but ODPs couldn't. And and sedation one in um, endoscopy. Also bronchodilators, um, if people needed to give bronchodilators, um, it wasn't accessible. So we managed to get our case studies together and we drafted those. And again, there was very specific templates plates wanting very um, in-depth information because these case studies were going to people who don't necessarily have uh, an insight into theatre practice so we had to be very clear yes on what was involved um, they were accepted um, and then we had to do what we call a full impact assessment okay. and again we had to get some statisticians in to do this because we're not statisticians <laughs> and they sort of crunch numbers, but they looked at the cost-benefit ratio, the impact on patients, the impact on the workforce, the impact on training, practitioners, and the multidisciplinary team. So it's a massive piece of work. Yeah, very Um, substantial and and something that doesn't just happen overnight. I imagine a lot of work had to be fed into that number-generating machine. Yeah, and drafts were going backwards and forwards, and we have have monthly meetings, so it is quite time-consuming, but it's all very beneficial. Um, So we're now at the next stage where we're waiting to go to public consultation. Ah, Um, okay. What we've had to do for that is we've had to rewrite the cases of need and put them into layman's terms so that the people reading them will understand. Okay. Okay, so so the, this, is, this is kind of the rallying call, really, because once it goes to public consultation, I think the listeners of Pipcast, the, the 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 community of ODPs, need to pick this up and run with it to ensure that there is uh, a, a seen public consultation. 
absolutely. I mean, it, we've had a bit of a setback, really, because originally it was going to go for public consultation in October, okay. but because we've had a change of health minister, ah. that's what <laughs> <laughs> so he, the new guy's got to be brought up to speed, um, and we have to submit our consultation to him for him to approve before we can even go to public consultation. So we've heard to get over there, but I'm sure we will. Yeah, who would have thought that Brexit would have impacted on our PGD status, eh? <laughs> I know, I know. Oh um, okay, so... The next thing will be, there will be a series of meetings around the country, and this will be nationwide. Even though it's NHS England who are leading on this, yeah. it will include Wales, Scotland and what have you. Yes. And there will be venues set up where we will need um, ODPs. I mean, I'm hoping to be there myself. Yeah. Um, Hannah Abbott from CODP will hopefully be at some of these. And we will be the face for the public to ask the questions of. So I may be, again, asking for other ODPs if it's down south and we can't get there who might be representative for us. Yes, OK. Um, but also, just like you say, engaging people, talking to people, say, yeah. please, go to the consultation, give your opinions. And it's not just... Um, patients and general public, ODPs themselves can go on there and say, they can get the multidisciplinary team to go on there and say, yeah. look, this is why we really need this. Ask the questions. So quite an important piece of work to ensure that at the end of the consultation, there is a, there's a meaty package to really push forward that legislation change. Yeah, absolutely. Because after that consultation, um, we will answer all the public questions. There'll be responses to the queries, but there'll then be a full analysis of that consultation and a report will be produced, um, which then has to go to the CHM, the Commission on Human Medicines. Okay. So this panel, they will look at the proposal, they'll review it, and then they will make the vital recommendations to ministers to change the legislation. So it will go to Parliament for a change in legislation. Wow, goodness me. So this sounds incredibly excited. I can imagine a lot of ODPs are loving what you're saying and can't wait for the consultation to start. Is, is there any time frame or is it a case if we're just waiting for our new Minister uh, for Health to catch up? Yes, absolutely. Once he gives the go-ahead, we can get the public consultations underway all that analysis will then have to take place, um, the report writing and what have you. The, the Commission for Human Medicines will then review it, make their recommendations, any changes they feel. So it's how long's a piece of string, really. Yeah, of um, course. Hoping by next summer we will have some progress, but I can't, I can't really give a definite time frame. Yeah. But then, once that's done and the legislation changes, then the work really begins because then we've got the training to do. Um, PGDs that are already written and out there, we, we are in um, a good place really because there are existing PGDs but we can't just piggyback onto the back of them. Each one will have to be looked at again individually within individual trust to see how this will apply to a, an ODP. So there's still quite a lot of work to do. Yes. Um, but ODPs definitely need to be involved in all of that. It, it sounds incredibly fantastic and I can't wait uh, to uh, to see the consultation process uh, at start. And we certainly will at PIPcast promote any of the pro the posts and, of course, the links that allow people to link in with that consultation. I mean, we, we've uh, within PIPcast, we reach out to all sorts of different ODPs and all sorts of different practices. Uh, and there is a small group of ODPs that are really keen to see it move to the next step where ODPs can move into the prescribing world. Is that something that's even on your radar yet or even a project that you might get your teeth into? 
Yeah, it definitely is. And I'm getting lots of questions. I've just answered an email today from a, a surgical care practitioner who's an ODP, okay. again, asking when is prescribing coming. Yeah. Um, at the moment, there are no plans for um, the project to look at prescribing for ODPs, but that doesn't mean to say things will change. No. As The way these projects come about, the first need is a patient benefit. So when we were first putting our case studies together, we were not allowed to look at the benefits for ODPs and the progression of the uh, the development of the profession we had to look at what are the benefits for patients however we're now at a stage where actually we can say yeah this is how it's going to benefit patients but also this is going to benefit a developing profession to enable them to be much more usable in the workforce much more beneficial to the nhs Um, and that's where it will go with prescribing now we brought it up a couple of times at the various meetings we're at. Yeah. And as I said, there's no plans at the moment that they're going to look at this. But we need to keep lobbying. We need to keep pressing for it. Yeah. But I think we need to walk before we can run, get the PGDs in place. Yes. And then we can really sort of push forward and say, look, we also need to get prescribing on the agenda. And cr- I know frustrating. People don't want to hear that. No. And it's not that we're ignoring it or we're dismissing it. Mm. We're just saying small step. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think through the eyes of an ODP that really wants to prescribe, they need to probably just check in on themselves to make sure that, you know, they understand that in the current climate, PD, PDGs are completely off the radar for ODP. So we, we do need to put those building blocks in place before we can build on. But I think once we're at that point, uh, things will move forward quite nicely. And let's keep our fingers crossed that um, the consultation goes really well. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Tracy, for keeping us up to date with what's going on with PGDs. And thank you on behalf of PIPCAST for all the work that you uh, and the team around you have applied to this, because this is revolutionary for ODPs to move forward. Uh, and, and I think if you're listening to this now, once we launch uh, the links out to you about the consultation and, and those groups that are going to occur and the and, and the sessions that you can visit to promote uh, working with Tracy and the team, we'll keep you in touch with what's going on. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Tracy. So that's just a flavour of our new AFPP president, Tracy Williams, there for you, talking about PGDs with Justin. Um, thanks, Justin, again for doing that interview. It was another fantastic one. Um, as you can see, um, we are on our way. Um, PGDs is a big step, as Tracy's mentioned, and I know there's frustration, which I'm going to touch on in a second, um, but really good to see that that's progressing. Really sad to hear that Brexit has caused a another (laughs) change another shift um another delay another problem uh for us as odps um but that's that um but yeah it will be really interesting to see the progress on that it is going to make a huge difference to us in our practice our ability to practice and again in terms of patient care as tracy's already mentioned about the examples that she's had um with regards to prescribing Let's touch on this subject a bit. Um, There have been some really heated debates on Twitter, Facebook, and everything like that. And and uh, I've 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 been in some discussions, and they have got a bit nasty. Firstly, can I say, can we just keep it like everyone wants what's best for the profession, Um, and everyone wants the profession to progress um, as quickly as possible, um, and have these advanced roles and things like that. 
However, let's let's not fight each other about it. Um, let's not be petulant about it or anything like that. Um, let's just have a calm discussion, uh, look at the pros and cons. Um, the way I see it really is this, is kind of as Tracy alluded to, is that in terms of uh, the need for patience, there is no need, if you're looking at layman's in terms of layman's terms or from the layman's perspective there's no need for ODPs in our traditional role to be able to prescribe we work with surgeons and anaesthetists uh, on a day-by-day basis we are the most we have the most uh, easy access to medical staff who can prescribe of any of our allied health professional colleagues um, or nursing colleagues there is in fact no real reason why we can't get a prescription from a medic um, in that in, in, in a scenario that where a patient might need it. Um, PGDs will enable us to use emergency drugs and things like that depending on what PGDs are in, um, so that won't affect patient care negatively. Um, but in terms of uh, PG, uh, prescribing, as ODPs in our traditional role, we don't need to prescribe anything. Now, that's our traditional role, and that's where the argument comes in, because if if, um, if they're looking at traditional professional roles, actually there is no argument for us to have prescribing as it stands. However, as Tracy has mentioned, um, what you can do with PGDs now is you can talk about, yes, we're talking about patient benefit, but now we can talk about professional development benefit and everything like that, and that's why this process is taking a while, um, but why PGDs is a really important step. Um, and that isn't to say we shouldn't talk about prescribing and how useful it is for ODPs and you shouldn't lobby for it, as Tracy said. Absolutely do it. Um, but in terms of advanced roles, um, this, I think, will happen one of two ways. Either the advanced roles will have, and there's cons- been a consultation, obviously, with looking at registration for certain professions, either advanced roles like advanced care practitioners, critical care practitioners, SCPs, um, PA, uh, PAAs and everything like that, they will either come under some other new registrative umbrella, so they'll have a, their own registration section under HCPC or whoever the governing body may be, and those professions may get a blanket initial prescribing um allowance so that those professions as doesn't matter what your background is if you're part of this um advanced profession you uh, uh is written it will be written into law that you will be able to prescribe as a non-medical prescriber that's one way it could go um and that would also work i think i, I, I see no problem in that because like i said in our normal role we don't necessarily need to have the prescribing powers in the advanced roles we do um or we play the longer game and we're waiting, and the process will take a long time, but we will get there. Um, Plenty of um, ODPs are in advanced roles that traditionally have prescribing attached to them, Um, so please don't let that hinder you. Don't let let, uh, job descriptions or anything like that deter you there will be someone who is an ODP who is doing the job you want to do um, and they won't be prescribers and they'll still be able to do the job use that person use your union and fight for your job fight for the job that you can definitely do Um, so that's that's my sort of two cents on prescribing and going forward I I would love for it to happen for us for advanced roles Um, I'm happy that PGDs is progressing 
Um, but I, I, I think prescribing will come. I don't think it is as much of a hindrance as people necessarily think it is because there are definitely people in roles that I know usually have prescribing um, and then they, they don't have to have it. It's annoying for them because they're the only non-prescribers on those teams. However, um, it's it's it doesn't necessarily stop them from doing their job completely. You've got to think prescribing is just one part. If... if, if you know, it's the patient care, it's the patient contact, it's the treatment side, the practical elements, writing a scrawl of a drug on a bit of paper, not necessarily the most fun thing to do, although it is very useful. But thank you to Tracy for that. Like like I've said already, like Justin mentioned in the interview, we are having, we will have an interview with Tracy in the future about her presidency and the presidency going forward and AFPP going forward as part of her presidency. Um, really look forward to talking to her then. Looking forward, in a couple of weeks' time, we uh, will have another fantastic Pipcast show ready and waiting for you. Um, Hopefully, myself and Justin will be able to work it out and get together. Um, But rest assured, we will have an episode for you. if you have any comments, questions, queries, if you can uh, go to our podcast link and hit subscribe, Spotify, hit subscribe, give us a review, give us a like, give us a share, everything like that. Um, please contact us on social media. Head to www.pipcast.co.uk. Um, either click on the links that are on there for our social media or give us a little comment uh we've got a comment box section at the bottom or if you just want to listen to our episodes you can do it there so if you want to go to twitter instagram or facebook just search for odp pipcast and you will find us we're at odp pipcast on twitter and instagram and we're pipcast on facebook or you can email us odppipcast at gmail.com we really look forward to hearing from you it's your comments it's what you want to hear and listen to and see um that really drives us in, in in what we're doing um thank you guys very much and we'll see you in a couple of weeks Pit cost.